are now listening to A Potent Dose of Three with your hosts, Linda, Jasmine, and Kathy, and we're here to bring you your weekly dose. everyone. Welcome back to Opponent Dose of Three. Thank you so much for being here. And today we're going to be talking about family planning and infertility, which is something that I haven't really thought about given that I've been, you know, pursuing um, the medical fields. But I read, came across an article and realized that it is something I should probably pay attention to. And actually, um, according to a survey published in the Journal of Women's Health, one in four female physicians who are trying to actively conceive struggle with infertility. And this is almost double the rate of the general public. So that I thought was, you know, crazy. But additionally, research suggests that only 8% of physicians receive um, education on the risks of delaying pregnancy. Also, uh, the age when most women doctors first give birth is 32, compared with 27 for done physicians, which was a study done in 2021. And the rate of infertility has increased over time. Before, it was one out of eight women had infertility in the U.S., and now is one out of five women have infertility in the U.S., and worldwide is one out of six. So also according to the CDC, in general, infertility is defined as not being able to conceive after one year or longer of unprotected sex. Um, Because fertility in women is known to decline steadily with age, some providers uh, evaluate and treat women age 35 and older or or older after six months of unprotected sex. So um, I think we should get into the episode and just talk about why we've chosen to talk about this and why it's so important. Yeah, because I'm getting a little scared and it's important. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So let's talk about it. Let's go. So, you know, I brought this up because um, having a kid was really never something I thought about. It was never really on my mind. Um, It's just it just wasn't something I ever thought about. And, you know, going basically pursuing this journey, it's been a really long journey. I've been on this. I don't know for how long I've always knew I've wanted to work um, as a doctor. And I don't know. Children were never something I thought about. But now that I'm getting older and I'm actually, you know, getting getting there like actually you know applying to medical school thinking about this has been something that I'm like okay when am I gonna have a child when should I you know when would be the right time and I think fertility was never something that like was a part of my plan until I read this article and I was like dang because fertility decreases I think like in your 30s right like Mm -hmm. I think I think the number was like 35 but like basically as you age you're, you know, it decreases. Like the yeah. amount of um, eggs that's released monthly, right. it decreases. Yeah. So I think like the older you get, the harder it is to get pregnant. Um, and so I'm getting older. I'm How about old to are be, you? I'm there 29, you about to be 30. And I was yeah. like, okay, now I'm starting school. And now I'm like, my fertility is declining. So I can't have a baby now, but I can have a baby later. But I'm like, fertility was never something I thought about. Never. And so mm-hmm. I think this is something that we should talk about and kind of bring to light because I know I'm not the only one who has thought about is thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And if you're not thinking about this, this is definitely something you should be thinking about, especially if you're pursuing something as rigorous and time consuming as working in the, in the medical field. Yeah. And then also like aside from the medical field, like in general, I feel like women, we're not in a sense, well, within our families, we're not 
in a sense, taught about just like infertility or fertility health in general. I remember uh, listening to a podcast and it's cocktails. And the podcast host had a guest where she or she's a black woman. She works at a or worked at a fertility cl- clinic. And one thing that she said that she noticed is that noticed was that um, majority of white women there, they would bring their 18 year old daughters into the clinic to get their fertility check, like their fertility reserve check to see how many eggs that they're producing monthly. So, and then that was a way for them to plan. It's like, Oh, it, it like, is my daughter producing enough um, mm-hmm. eggs monthly? And for me, that was never a thought like within my family or my, even my mom. It was the opposite. It was it like, was, don't get pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. Like the last week's episode, don't yeah. get pregnant. And yeah. then, the only reason why we went to see a doctor or anything was for a physical right. and the physical do not consider your fertility health. Mm-hmm. And now me, I'm 31 years old. You know, I have a few days, maybe 15 days from now I'll be 31, but I'm 31. Do not have kids. I don't know my fertility health. I'm not even in a relationship. So like my heart is beating a little <laughs> bit fast because I do really want kids, but then I know that the older I get, the more hard it is for the most part to conceive. And then again, just because I'm a, a woman doesn't mean I've always been producing enough eggs monthly. Honestly, mm-hmm. that you bring up a good point because I like how you said that they took them in to go get you know, their ovary reserve uh, taking a look at. I think that's something that should be considered part of women's health. Like it should be a standard. Mm -hmm. It should be a standard because I mean, I hear about so many women on social media, like who are, it's starting to, people are starting to be open about it. Like I'm having fertility um, issues. And I think a lot of people are being more open about it. And because people are being more open about it, I'm seeing it it's actually a bigger issue than um, than I thought, to be honest. Exactly. That's why I made that comment last week about, you know, when we were talking about the sex education, how a misconception that I thought was it's um, easier to, it's not as easy to get pregnant as they say, um, because I'm realizing a lot of people are having these issues. And I think that it should be a standard and it should be something we do. What You're right, whether we're in the medical field or not, because it's our it's health. Women. Yeah. It's yeah. our health. Exactly. So. And it's sad that you don't, women don't realize that they cannot produce or conceive until they try. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like you said, if this was part of regular checkups and when you go get a physical, then we know. It's like, dang, Linda, maybe I should have been uh, focused on my fertility health or just knowing when I was 25 and I'm just praying now. I'm praying that, you know, everything is okay because I haven't actually tried. But when I do try, like, I don't want to have problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and many women do. No, you're right. I was reading an article about a physician who was talking about how, um, you know, she was delaying having a baby because she had medical school. She had um, residency. She had fellowship. She had all these other things that were in line. And to her, she was like, I never thought fertility was going to be an issue. So that's why I delayed it. And I, like, didn't care. Now I am left um childless yeah and it's something that i i regret and i wish i would have i wouldn't have done and i wish i would have you know had more information about so she would have been able to you know be proactive about Mm -hmm. you know her her not being able to have a baby you know her steps that she could have taken okay let's say if you do get into like okay let's say you find out early you can you're not fertile also the procedures that are 
there to be done they're so expensive yeah so, so you can plan so for them financially it's kind of like okay if i start at 18 let's say i go to the fertility clinic and then they tell me you know what your fertility is low we need to start working on it i'm like okay now i'm that now that i don't have kids and when i when i was 18 i had a job um so like i'm gonna start saving 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 so i'll complain for my family but now let's say in my case um i'm thir- i'm about to be 30 I don't have a job. I'm focused in school. Let's say I try to have another kid. Well, where am I going to get the money from? Because I'm not working because I'm focused in school. So now it's like, it's a lot of things I get on my, like in my personal way. Because now I have, and this is a discussion that I was having with my partner. Like, do we have another kid? Do we don't have another kid? Do I have the time to have another another kid? Because just having a kid is just popping the kid and that's it. No. Like, you as a woman need to heal and you also need to take care of the baby at the beginnings because they depend on you. Like, yeah. breastfeeding. And, yeah. You know, like, they just depend on you. And that was another reason, literally, that was literally another reason why women were delaying having babies was because they didn't have the support. They didn't have that support. Everything lies on the women, like breastfeeding, childcare. Everything. I mean, and everything. child care is mm. crazy expensive. Like, yeah. it is really, really expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. And then also, like, you have, for me, when I when I became a mom and I started school, I was having a really hard time finding daycare because I needed a daycare that would keep Tiago until like five because I have a schoolwork that I need to get done. And, you know, when you're with your kid, you kind of don't have time for schoolwork because they just want all that attention on them, which is understandable because they're kids and I'm his mom. So, but finding that daycare that had, that hold those hours, it was very difficult. And then also find like, one that was within my budget, it was difficult because yeah. I'm already not working and we have, you know, other expenses to think about. I can only imagine because even though um, I don't have kids right now, I honestly do not feel like I'm ready to have kids. Um, it's, y'all don't make it look fun. And as y'all can hear the kids in the background, <laughs> hopefully y'all can't hear the kids, my neighbor kids screaming in the background. But it does not look fun. And it's hardcore. It's hardcore. It, it looks like it's hardcore. Um, and it's like, dang, I'm already 31, don't have kids. And I, right at this moment, right now, right. I don't, I don't feel like I want to have kids. I want, I would love to have kids, you know, when I'm like 35. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when fertility declines. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, it, like, you know, when you're 35, that's considered geriatric, geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. pregnancy. Sorry, I always mess up that word. But I was like, dang, the word itself sounds Make just it like sound you just boring. like yeah. super old. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And to me, 35 isn't old. Mm-mm. But I know the older you get, the more like your your eggs, like your eggs health, it's not as um it's not as I think you healthy have, in a sense. You have mm-hmm. a decline in in, in reserve. Mm-hmm. And then you also, the eggs that you have aren't as healthy as it's well. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. That's yeah. rough. And yeah. And then within yeah. my family, just looking at my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family, I'm like, oh, God, please pray. <laughs> my eggs okay. <laughs> and, so it's kind of scary. And, this, and, and in a way, this makes me sad too, because it's like, Look at everything a woman has to deal with. Okay, now I have to deal with, like, I have to think about my future. Like, am I, do I want kids? Am I going to, is this something I'm going to be okay with in the future, not having kids? Or am I going to struggle to balance it all? Like, 
you know, my kids, my career. Um, cause a lot of times I'm like, from what I'm reading, what I was reading, like women do not have the the support that they need. Like I will, I don't know. I was reading and I don't know if you know, Kathy, since you're a mother, but like how much, um, paid leave you get or, um, maternal, what's it called? Maternity leave. Thank you. Maternity leave. Like how, how much is, so, how long is that? Do you get paid for that? Is it even good pay? Mm, you know? Girl. Okay. So basically, if you want to at least be with your kid for three months, only three months, you have to start your maternity leave right when you, like when you're nine months, when you're about to pop. Because if you start before, then you're going to be running out of that maternity leave. Right. So it's very short. And they don't, and they don't pay you your full paycheck. They pay you only a percentage. I don't remember the percentage, but they don't pay you your full paycheck. Which is crazy because I say, okay, now I have an extra mouth to feed. So you're telling me I need, I you're gonna give me less money. Uh-huh. But it's like, then they complain about, oh, we don't, our um, our fertility rates are gonna go down, and and it's gonna affect our economy, and you know all this and that. But it's like, well, we're not left with much of an option here. Mm-hmm. We either have to give up our career so that we can stay home or we have to, um, you know, make decisions where we have to take on less, um, less projects or less work commitment so that we are able to balance this correctly. Or we're going to try to take on everything and our mental health is going to decline. Yeah. And I think that's an issue that I'm having right now, because as you guys know, I already have a kid, but I'm like, do I be, I have been questioning it. Like, do I want another kid? But then if I want another kid with Tiago, I had the privilege to be with him at home the whole first year of his life and just pay attention to him. And it was just all about like me and him. And mm-hmm. I loved it because we bonded. But then now with the second kid, I'm not, I, like I know I'm not going to have that luxury <laughs> right. because yeah. I'm still in school. And if I wait until I graduated and I'm done and then mm-hmm. I have a kid and then now I'm off off like school and off the grid basically for a year because I'm raising another kid, then is that going to affect my chances of getting a job? Because now they're going to be like, so what have you been doing for a year? And then when you tell them I'm a mom, like, okay, so what 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 are you going to do with your kid? Yeah. Yeah. So then I have to think about, okay, either do I do it while I'm in school? But then while I'm at school, then I'm now I'm going to have two kids. I'm going to have a baby. Oh and I have God. to focus on <laughs> school. Yeah. So it's like, it's a lot of things that I have in my mind. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, or maybe do I just want to have one kid and I just want to cut my tubes because I do no one a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard because it's a lot of planning to do. It's a lot that goes behind yeah. it. And I, from different people, I hear that there's never a right time to Mm-mm. have kids. No. For me, I just want at least the basics down in the sense that I want to have like a stable job and everything. I want a husband. (laughs) Husband. (laughs) But it's it's so complicated. Like Kathy was saying, it's it's so many factors when you're a a working woman. Like it's so many factors that go behind just having a kid because a lot of the time, the kid or the child depends on the mother mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, yeah. So it's like, if I have a kid, will like my job be accepting and lenient when my child is sick? Um, and I feel like jobs look at that, yeah. especially when you're in healthcare. And I think um, it was an article that we were reading um, about even women in medicine. A lot of the times they have to, which isn't fair, but they have to think about, oh, what specialty do I specialize in that will allow me to be a mom and work as a doctor 
at the same time. You don't understand how much I heard that mm-hmm. the female physicians were choosing the specialty based off of their family. Yeah. Like their family planning. And mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of sad because it's like, okay, yeah, you're passionate about um, being a physician, but you're passionate about being a physician in a certain area because that's what speaks to you. But now you can't do that because you don't have maybe the support that you need to be able to make the decision to work in a career that you're super passionate about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 unfair and like unequal in a sense men do have do not even have to think or consider that Mm -mm. they can just choose whatever career they want and go down their path because they're not the ones that have to carry the baby um they're not the ones in a sense yes they do help like good fathers they do help at home but even then the mother is the one that does majority of the work well what i've seen um the mother does majority of the work and even think about it too it's like okay when they carry the baby you think they feel good you think Mm -mm. they have the energy you think like you don't think that they have you know like sickness you know how they have morning sickness and Mm -hmm. you know some people get super sick i don't know what it's called it's called gravitas something but um, yeah you know know what i'm talking about yeah that condition where like they're sick throughout the whole pregnancy Mm -hmm. some have to go on bed rest Mm -hmm. like that's stuff that you can't really plan for um and yeah so uh, it's honestly making me very anxious as jasmine like we said in the beginning of this episode this didn't i didn't have even have a thought of this like i didn't realize how important your fertility health is until it's like oh dang linda you're basically 31 years old you don't have kids what are you gonna do yeah Mm -hmm. and i wasn't thinking about it either until like Honestly, until now that medical school seems so close. So close. <laughs> so close. And, and can you uh, break down a little bit about medical school? Uh-huh. Because that's the reason why the study that you're looking at, the women the women in medicine mm-hmm. who have a hard time, um, in a sense, conceiving and why they're later, they're, they're a little older when they have children. Because medical school is not just four years, four or five years and mm-hmm. you go. Like, it's a whole process. Whole co- yeah. Yeah. So you have medical school which is four years but even to get into medical school that's like, a it process takes, like the whole application yeah. process takes anywhere you know a year plus um, if you're de- lucky if you're mm-hmm. lucky depending if you don't have to reapply and that was one thing i was like mm-hmm. like obviously you know i like to think about everything and i was like okay jasmine you're almost 30 um i was like your fertility is going to decline i was like let's say you don't get in this year what do you do when are you going to have your baby you're going to have a baby and I was reading on Reddit and it was like, oh, like you said, there's never a time to to really plan for a baby. You just do it. But yes, because there's four years of residence, four years of medical school. Then you have after that, you have residency and residency. I think it depends on your specialty. So it, it can go anywhere from two years plus. And then you have fellowship as well. And then it just depends too, like if you're going into surgery, that could it's, be even more it's years. Crazy. So it's mm-hmm. like. And the hours that they would mm-hmm. give um, the new the new doctors is I know someone who is a surgeon and literally he's on call twenty four seven and it's like as a woman in you're a mother that's very challenging yeah. being yeah. on call twenty four seven like you literally in a sense need a stay at home dad or a really really good nanny or very uh, like a strong support system and family so yeah I was actually watching I know you guys know her Daisy Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And she actually, I think, is on a rotation right now where she was doing like 24-hour shifts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like uh, they called her. She had just left a shift, went to the gym, 
and was planning on going home, but they called her back. And she has a daughter. I think her she daughter looks daughter. like about five or six. So she I has kinda, a daughter. And imagine. they were like, how do you do it? How do you mm-hmm. do it? She has a weekend nanny, a weekday nanny, and then obviously the help of you know her husband or her fiance. And so it's like, yeah, you have to have a, a literally a whole team behind you to yeah, be able to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine being a single mom, having to figure that out. Oh, Exactly. I couldn't. I couldn't. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. And then that's another thing that I was also thinking in my case for looking for jobs. I'm like, okay, I do I want a day shift, but from what time to what time? Yeah. Do I want to work in a clinic? Do I want to work night shifts? Because now, like, what moms that are listening to me, I know you guys could relate that you get that mom guilt. Like, I hear that a lot. I hear and a lot it's, too. it's hard because even though you don't try to be like hard on yourself, you're mm-hmm. still like, um, like, I don't know, like unintentionally, you're hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, even in clinicals, I had the night, the night shift clinicals and I'm the one who put Tiago in to bed because I'm like, at least I want to be with him for one part of the day. And if it's bedtime, then I'll take that. And me being away in clinicals for that part, the first night I was like on lunch and I was like, I like, I almost cried. It is. It's hard. It's hard. And it makes sense because you're a first time mom. He's a Mm -hmm. baby. And and then again, you're missing out on a lot of milestones. Mm -hmm. That'd be hard as a mother. You carried that little monster for nine (laughs) months and then like, you're not even able to experience his mm-hmm. milestones. Right. And then sense. that's what I'm afraid of, like having another kid. I'm like, because I know, It'll I be already know it's going to be worse. Yeah. Because yeah. now I have two kids and now I'm trying to find a new job. And then now when they interview me, I know they're going to ask me, do you have kids? Because I know in some jobs they do. They ask you, do you have and kids? And obviously yeah. they're not supposed to. to discriminate, yeah. but I, I, they do. I was waiting. They're not going to say, but they do. read it. And they were like, obviously, they're not supposed to discriminate, but you know, you know, they do. You know, they're asking for a reason. You know, that's yeah. something they're going to take into account when they uh, want to find a um, to fill that position. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, yeah, we yeah. we are discriminated for, you know, having a child. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes sense the reason why they ask acts because they're running a business, so they of course want someone who's not in a sense not a parent, someone that they can call on twenty four seven. That's not calling off because their child is sick. That's not calling off because their child has a um a play or something. Or so like that's parent conference. Yeah, that's always exactly. the one. <laughs> but this is but literally this is my thought process. Like okay, even if like they're thinking of all that, like how do you think you got here? <laughs> I'm sorry, but like how do you think you got here? The sacrifices of you their know? parents. Did your mom ever go to your field trip? You know, like things like that like yeah. they had to do that stuff to be to be present parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and as they should be you know i think it's a cycle you know it is it's really a cycle yeah it's a cycle but then i also find it crazy that we have to think about this until now until I we're know. 30 In our until 30s. we're yes when this should have been talked about to us like when we're like 18 and like you know that way we could just at least make the decision for ourselves like you know what i do not want to mm-hmm. be a mom and I don't care about my fertility, you know? That makes sense. But it's a lot of times is because our families are working families. Like, yeah. So they're not yeah. thinking yeah. of, oh, they're your fertility. Not. They're thinking about how to put food on the table and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be, in a sense, that's the last thing. They're probably looking at you like, you don't need to worry about kids. You need to worry about getting your degree Agreed. so you can get a well-paying job. So that's more so the top topic of discussion. And yeah. that's the reason why we're here. It's survival. <laughs> no, it's, it, you're right. The, our parents were focused on 
making sure we got a good education, making sure we had a roof over our head, mm-hmm. making sure we were get, getting fed. But now I think um, it's up to us to really help educate others and help them, you know, realize that this is not something that is not going to affect you. It is going to affect you. It's mm-hmm. affecting me. It's going to affect Linda. This girl already has a baby, so. Exactly. <laughs> in, in a sense that, and also to add on to that, always bringing up breaking the cycles are we've come further education wise than our parents yeah. did. Mm-hmm. so they knew what they they knew you know they provided us what they knew what they and, could what they could yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and for us it's like we know better like we health we're healthcare majors so we know a lot in a sense that the general public that d- basically don't know about so yeah. we're able to when we have children like oh Maybe I should take my kid in to get her fertility to reserves check because I know how, how important, like, though my child is not, you ready, know, ready now, now mm-hmm. but yeah. in the future, we should be able to. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Just because we're women don't necessarily mean we're, like I said earlier, producing enough um, eggs monthly. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. I said, that's something I never no, thought about. Until <laughs> now. I never thought about. Like, that, like I told you, ha- having a kid was never on my mind. I always said I'm going to be an old mom. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about fertility. Even saying I'm going to be an old mom because that wasn't something I thought about. Yeah. Um, but reading article and all that really did wake me up. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. And then when women get to the point where they have kids and they're infertile, there's a whole Pursuit. another deep deep dive in procedures and just stuff they have to consider like IVF. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, freezing the freezing eggs, your eggs. IUI. Don't know that one, but it's right there. No, no, I know. I don't know. Like, I don't know about that. Okay, I was like, read it off to us. Yeah, you have options. Um, Are they accessible to everybody? I would say probably not because they're super expensive. Um, And later we'll go about ways that you may be able to access them. Because I was like, I went down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you can definitely freeze your eggs. You know, since you're born with your the eggs that you you're you're born with all of them, you're gonna have. And then as you get older, you have less and less. So um, definitely, I think looking into freezing your eggs is a really good option. Um, it's just really expensive. Um, it's about fifteen to 20000 per round. So that that's a nice price. And then also know that just because you're in, when your doctors do freeze your eggs, usually doctors try to abstract about 15 to 20 eggs each um, cycle, but it doesn't necessarily mean that those are our healthy eggs. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang, now I'm spending all this money and sacrificing 15, how much you said, 15 to 20 K yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. just for that one cycle and hoping and praying that that one cycle is going to be enough. And keep in mind too, like the 15 to 20,000 that I believe is just to um, extract them. Like you still have to store them. And mm-hmm. I know they can store them for a, about 50 years mm-hmm. and you have to pay for the storage fee as mm-hmm. well. So that's another fee you have to take into account, which is a lot. Which is a lot. I, I have a friend. I don't think she works there anymore, but she worked at a fertility fertility clinic or not even a clinic, somewhere that they, they freeze the eggs and house the eggs for you. I was like, oh, I'm interested in this. How much it does this cost? <laughs> she told me the price. I was like, mm. never mind. <laughs> never mind. Maybe not. I got to go find me a sugar daddy exactly. price, right? Like, <laughs> No comment. <laughs> but no, it's it's ridiculously expensive and it's not it's it's basically in a sense it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a privilege. Yeah. And it's not even guaranteed that at the end of the uh, at the end of baby. the day you're gonna have a baby. Because yeah. you could have 
frozen eggs and what happened you none of them work yeah there goes your 15 20k plus expenses oh, that stop, you that hurt like, my heart <laughs> that would sorry. be so sad like you know but it's there has been cases that this occurs yeah it happens mm -hmm. so it's like ibf they go through so much and then it's also not guaranteed that they're gonna end up with a pregnancy yes and with ivf you ivf is stand for oh, in, vitro in vitro fertilization so basically they take your egg and they inseminate it with the sperm and then they put it back um into your uterus mm -hmm. they implant it and um hopefully you have a baby and that one's very expensive super mm -hmm. the one underneath that is iui which is um intro uterine um what is it insemination yeah insemination That one's a little less pricey, but even then, that's pricey. Oh, so with that one, they inject the sperm into your uterus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. yeah. And then with IVF, the process takes a whole like six to seven months. If uh, like if you're planning to get pregnant in like in that round, I will say. Uh, but if you're just planning to freeze your eggs, it takes three to four weeks. So it's like a big, it's a long process. And even then, the reason why it takes so long is because you need to be, to prepare your body before you begin like IBF. Like you have to start taking, uh, contracept, like contraceptives, like pills in order to get like your eggs ready and just healthy. Um, and also you have to stop drinking and smoking. Like you have to like change get, your lifestyle. Yes. Yes. If you But, really want. And uh, that's what I also read is that when you're trying to conceive this is, there's a process that no one there's even just in general say if you are fertile when you're trying to conceive you should change your lifestyle in a sense that you shouldn't be drinking you shouldn't be smoking healthy eating active lifestyle because even then that'll affect how you um when your you when you chances of conceiving yes and yeah. then how your egg or the health of the health the, of the baby mm -hmm, and stuff um mm -hmm. so it's a process to everything And like we said, it's so expensive. And in the, in the U.S., it's very expensive. Um, yeah. I know someone who um, couldn't get pregnant, actually. So she had to go through the IVF route. And she, there's no way. It's so expensive here. She had to go to another country yeah. to do IVF. I was reading that that's an option. Like, you know, it's super expensive because mm -hmm. a lot of times of um, IVF, I think it was IVF, but basically like, Your first round, you may not have a baby. You may have to a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of mm -hmm. time. Yeah. I think I was reading, and they, you know, I think it was what six to seven, six to fourteen thousand. I think for for an IVF round, right? Mm -hmm. They recommend three rounds, and that's just recommendation. Like you may have to go more. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people will pay like I don't know upwards to a hundred thousand dollars. To have a baby, not including, let's say you have that baby. Now you have to pay for the baby itself because babies mm -hmm. are not cheap. It's sad. Mm -hmm. it's, it's unfair. So a lot of sense. times, like you said, people had to go out of the country. They did that. Um, I saw people were doing like clinical trial, sorry, clinical trials. Mm -hmm. So they had to like sign up for clinical trials. And I think I was reading and let's say if you were in the category that you didn't, you know you didn't get like inseminated or you didn't you know get the baby because you know how they have to do a um one that they know yeah they know. i forgot what it's called sorry i know come on I'm kathy we should I'm we really, all should know, I know. Uh, the, blind, the blind the blind study, study and yeah yeah so, for some reason i'm losing my terminal <laughs> i know what you mean i'm the same yeah. way i was like Ugh. okay so you guys know what i mean but basically mm -hmm. they all have like two groups and one of them is actually going to have a baby and one of them placebo isn't. placebo mm -hmm. thank you mm -hmm. i'm sorry and so i think they end up actually <laughs> even if you don't if you're in the round that doesn't have the baby i think you still get help with with that as well because you were in the clinical trial mm -hmm. and then you could also do like 
I know some people look for jobs that specifically have fertility benefits. Um, and so that was a really good route. Like I was reading and some people will get like a part-time job that they don't need, but they only have it because they Ooh. offer fertility benefits. That's like smart. I know in Google, mm-hmm. they they offer their employees to like uh, freeze their eggs and they'll pay for it because they need them to be focused on their job. Mm-hmm. And then they'll take care of the fertility part for the woman. Right. I know that for a fact. <sighs> That's really nice. We just... We are amazing because we have to deal with so much and can take so many things into con- in consideration. Stop right there and stay tuned for part two next week. Quick disclaimer, we are a podcast of a group of three friends that share our journey through school, the healthcare system, and life. Our discussions are personal reflections and not intended for diagnostic purposes. We are not speaking as healthcare providers or your provider. Our conversations do not constitute medical advice. If you require medical assistance, please consult with your healthcare provider. Thanks for listening to this episode of PD3 with your hosts, Linda, Jasmine, and Catherine. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe at a potent dose of three so that you never miss an episode and your weekly dose.